0: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, coming in your ear holes. Went with no intro, we're going to get right into the show this week. To so This week, we have Tyler on from The Rise, and we talk about his giant velvet buck from North Dakota, and then just his season throughout of... You know, he was on giant deer the whole entire year, the ins and outs. And, you know, talking about how a season can go from, you know, really early success to uh, to being successful, just getting encounters with these deer that he's chasing. He chases a 12-pointer Missouri for, and has like 10 encounters with this deer um, throughout the year and, and almost kills them multiple times. Um, and we also cover the rise and also his Michigan properties. Um, uh, but let's get into the people that make this possible, get into the show, starting off with my main squeeze Exodus outdoor gear. Um, I'm going to give you the Exodus update this week. Um, got the rentals out with the SP 18 solar panels. They're still rocking. It is so cool to not even have to look at the battery life. Um, was getting updates while I was, um, recording this podcast Um, The deer have came back onto the property pretty heavily, getting a lot of does coming back in Um, and uh, pretty cool to see them kind of transition out late season and then come back into those areas. Um, And that's kind of something to, you know, to chalk up that during the shed season time, there's not a lot of bucks or does really in this area. Um, And then the one that I have kind of on the um, logging trail, four-wheeler trail to kind of see it's on the property, but the farmer lets the, that club use access to it just to kind of see how much the pressure is extremely high pressure with side-by-sides, four-wheelers, people walking, et cetera. Um, so that'd be something that I'll be monitoring going on through the year to see if, you know, later in the year, if there's that much foot traffic there, that's not somewhere I'm going to want to hunt and, uh, and put a lot of effort in because I know that a lot of hunts are going to get ruined by side-by-sides coming through or people walking, etc. Um, like I said, they're out there ripping. I'm going to start plugging away. Um, one thing with these solar panels that's really cool is like um, you can get a job done very early in the year and not have to go back out there and do it later. So if you have a spot that you want to hang you know, a cam on, you're like, I'm going to get a cam here no matter what, you can hang it now. And then not worry about that thing because the batteries are still going to be ripping and already have that off the list and then have your other cams that you're going to hang later and and have something chalked off you know the list so early in the year so that's something that i'm going to going to do those consistently good scrapes i'm going to go hang a couple more uh uh, rivals out on them with the solar panels and just get them ripping and and get the intel now and uh just let them soak until it's time to time to shoot deer on them so But that is the Exodus update. Um, That's it. Let's get into the show. All right. Well, I got Tyler Bentley on tonight. How's it going tonight, brother?
2: Hey, it's going good, man. How are you?
1: Doing good. Appreciate you coming on. Um, Been scheduled scheduled out a couple weeks here. Had a little motorcycle accident that pushed it back a little bit. But glad to hear you're doing better and uh, able to shoot the bow and get out there.
2: Yeah man for sure it was uh, like I told you earlier it's just a stupid crash I'm I'm too old to be riding those things so I don't know what I'm doing
1: <laughs> Yeah I, my uh, my boy has one and he rips around all the place and jumps it and shit and I'm like I remember when I used to do that crazy stuff but now I I'm like ah, I can't I get hurt in the gym I'm I'm messed up for 2 months you know <laughs> Yeah I don't heal like I used to it's a, a slow process to get back in the saddle but I messed up my shoulder, my left shoulder, like months ago, and it still hurts. I'm like, what? Why is it still like this? I'm like, <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. yeah, dude, we don't we don't
2: bounce back up like no. when we were kids anymore. I like know. I, told you, I was like, big tree fall hard. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. You go down, you're like, ah, I, I fucked up. <laughs> Did something <laughs> wrong. Much. That's pretty much what I do. So my kids like, how far can you throw the ball? I'm like. We're gonna throw it, but my shoulder's gonna feel it. <laughs> I'm gonna do some long bombs in the backyard for football. I'm like, all right, shoulder's gonna hurt in the morning, but we're gonna we're gonna throw some bombs here. Um, <laughs> nice. But uh, I want to have you on just to BS about whitetail. Talk about your your velvet hunt last year, then talk about um you hunting, you know, throughout the season and what you learned um after having success so early, and then going into the season that you had after that. Um, but before we get into that, let's talk about the rise a little bit and, uh, where some people can find your content. Um, I mentioned it before, um, you have a knack for, for editing and, and creating content and, um, I can tell that you put it an exceeded amount of effort into producing the show as long, as well as the short videos you do as well. Um, so huge props to you for putting the work in, um, I would say like quality wise, it's probably like top 10, top 15 for, for content that I like that's okay. out there right now. Um, so I, am really digging it, dude. So let the people know a little bit about it and uh, where they can find your stuff.
2: Yeah, man. It's uh, like, like you said, I'm Tyler Bentley. Uh, I live in central Michigan and I'm the founder of the rise hunt and where you can find us on Instagram, YouTube, carbon TV. Uh, we've been doing this since about 2014 um like you and i were talking about off record it's like it's a long slow process man it's just like it's all consistency um you know a lot lot of people see this stuff and like how are you so good at it how are you you know so talented or you know and and that's not it at all it's just i've been doing it for such a long time um and then obviously always just striving to be better you know every single day i mean i'm not too good to get on there and watch youtube videos how to do this how to do that like every day i want to learn something i want to be better better than i was yesterday you know video editing as a hunter as a person constantly just just grinding man just just like you just trying to you know not make excuses and just try to get better and better every day
1: yep and it shows man you, from when you guys first started to what you're doing now is is night and day difference um In yeah. the quality of video that you know you really stepped up your you know your gear there but also the editing uh, you know the editing to the music um and and a lot of the A lot of those 30 second, one minute videos, you know, take an hour and a half, two hours to make. And a lot of people don't understand that if they've never dabbled around with editing and first you have to have the idea and then you have to execute on the idea. Um, I'm a very, very good idea guy still working on the execution part.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, for me, it's like, you know, you only have so much, you know, ambition and creativity. It's almost like a battery and that battery drains so it's like when I get like a spark or an idea and it's like like you said you know an hour when I first started doing those reels yeah they would take me an hour hour and a half because it's just like you know I'm just like oh my god and by the end of it you're like I don't even want to do it anymore I don't like it anymore and now it's like I'll set a timer for 12 minutes and whatever that reel looks like in 12 minutes I'm posting it nice um because you know I just only have so much time in the day and I'm just like I'm gonna make it as good as I can um but honestly like this is like one thing i always tell myself is like done is better than perfect if i sit there and try to make everything just perfect down to the t the you know smallest details i'll end up spending 2 hours on something and then not even like it so and
1: i really like, i really like that done is better than perfect i might steal yes. that i'm yes, going to steal it. Like,
2: go ahead dude yeah it's, i'm going to start it, it, saying
1: it to my kids <laughs> cuz that's something yeah. they need to they need to hear It's you know the one boy he just wants to be like the absolute best at everything and he's eight years old and he's breaking down his swing for baseball, like step by step and watching YouTube videos and stuff. And yep. I'm like, man, sometimes you just got to be loose and just let it yeah. rip, you know, but I'm going to start saying, you know, done is better than perfect. Um, and it, in some situations, you know, it's always good to improve, but getting it, getting the, you know, getting the hits in, you know, getting the timing behind the bat is m- more important than executing every swing perfectly it is man. yeah he'll be like I, I slid my foot wrong there i'm like dude look good to me like
2: <laughs> yeah that's that's all right do it one percent better yeah,
1: next yeah yeah for sure well um let's get into this man so you started off the season with an absolute bang killing not only a velvet <laughs> buck but an absolute giant velvet buck um so let's get into the story of that and and how that went down
2: yeah man um you know as you know i i I do the rise so we travel a ton i mean honestly for almost 100 days of the season you know i i'm traveling i'm hunting whitetail uh i'm as close to doing this full time as you can imagine so i understand that you know i have the luxury a lot of guys don't have you know some guys get a you know a week or 10 or 14 days um and i get i get 100 days which sounds like a dream you know but um that that's the way I set my life up you know the the rest of the year I'm, I'm literally working my ass off every single day saving pennies to, to to be able to do what I do so um but yeah man I, I went to North Dakota which was the first trip um for us uh, Nick Cohealy and I went to North Dakota we went last year got our asses kicked we did not kill any deer so we were coming back to North Dakota with some revenge like like we got to get this monkey out of our back we got to kill something out here Um, we went out to North Dakota, which is like 16 hours, 17 hours away from home. Um, we have a buddy out there that was, uh, gracious enough to let us stay with him. So we didn't have to hotel or nothing like that. Um, went out there fairly blind. We're like, all right, you know, what are we going to do? Uh, we, we got home base, we got somewhere to stay, but you know, I don't know if you know anything about North Dakota, but you can actually hunt, um, private land as long as it's not posted. I don't know if you've ever heard that yeah. before.
1: Yeah. Walk on. Yeah. It's kind of like a walk on rule as long as it's not posted. Exactly. Yeah. So that
2: that's kind of what we were banking on is like some public land, you know, partially public land and partially like, you know, non-posted private stuff that we could hunt. So Nick and I jumped on, you know, our apps and started just cyber scouting. Like, hey, you find 50 pins. I find 50 pins. Like, let's just mark the living crap out of all this and we got there two days before season and we just started covering ground, start driving to pin after pin after pin. Like, all right, this one's junk. This one's cool. Start deleting pins. All right. Now we got down to 20 pins or 15 pins that are, are pretty good. Now let's walk these pins. And we just like, just like I said, cyber scouted our ass off to figure out what was going to be good, what was going to be bad. And um, you know, from there we're like, all right, these spots are our bangers, you know, so went in, set up some cameras in North Dakota, you can bait. So we were we were running some corn, um, some bait. I know a lot of guys are not for that. Um, but we're so far from home, you know, we have, you know, let's say eight to ten days or, or what was it, 10 to 12 days total with travel time in North Dakota. We got limited time. Um, so you know, we're we're running corn. And everyone's like, oh, that must be nice. Like, dude, we are carrying corn in five gallon buckets. Like some of these, (laughs) some of these spots are one mile deep. Have you ever carried a five gallon bucket of corn one mile? Yeah. (laughs) Like
1: not as nice as it sounds.
2: No. And, uh, almost, yeah.
1: Almost everybody I see in North Dakota, especially during that early season is, is, uh, is running bait because why not? Like, I mean, I, I would hundred percent we've, you know, before, you know, I lost homie. Um, and he kind of stopped hunting as much as, you know, he used to, um, we, we talked about going out there multiple times, like just because it's such a cool hunt, it's early in the year, chance of velvet, and it's such a, a different style of hunting than what we're used to. Uh, It would be a a very exciting hunt. So, and we were like, hell yeah, we're running cams and bait the first place we go to. Yeah, that,
2: that, that's what we did too, man. It was kind of like, you know, no shame. You know, we, we're, we're going to follow all the rules that we can, but we're also going to use everything we can, you know, in our power to, to try to be successful while we're there. Um, so yeah, we, we set up all these spots. We, you know, got our cameras set up, you know, when we, even when we set up a corn pile or a bait pile or a spot that we think we're going to hunt, we're like, all right, let's try to find a tree. Let's try to, you know, just do everything we can in our power to try to, you know, make it good. So we were actually lucky enough. We were going to show up initially we were going to show up the day that season opened and then nick had some stuff open up in his schedule and we were able to go a few days before season and if we would have not done that we probably wouldn't have had the success that we had because those two full days of scouting were 100 percent like what killed those deer um but yeah so basically going into season we had a couple spots that were just dynamite like b- bucks showing up and uh did did you see the the site you i'm sure you watched the video yeah. of it yeah so I, I don't know how detailed you want me to get into it but i i basically for opening night i went in and, and wounded um wounded or whatever you want to call it, made a horrible shot on a the f- first sit went in shot one and just i just hit him hit him bad and i was unable to recover that deer and um you know running cell cameras and stuff we we had a giant dude and this is a a buck we had pictures of from two days prior he's just this giant 160 plus inch deer you know 12 pointer showing up in this other spot and um you know after wounding the buck i did i was like i don't know if if you've ever felt this way or if you've ever wounded one but like once you make a bad shot on a deer you're just kind of like i'm done i i don't deserve to hunt anymore like i kind of punched my tag
1: yeah Oh yeah. I've been there before. Even when I missed last year, it kind of took the winds out of my sail. You know, I hit a limb, which wasn't even really a miss. Um, but man, it, it was something that hadn't happened to me in a long time. And it was, I got to see the other side and it's dark over there, dude. <laughs>
2: <laughs> dude, it's a sad place to, yeah.
1: to, op- to operate over there. And, you know, making that bad
2: shot on that first buck, I was like, Nick, you know, I told Nick, I was like, I'm done hunting, dude. I'm camera guy. I'm just going to film you the rest of the trip. And he's like, dude, we're here 10 days. Like you're not done hunting. Like I, I get it. It sucks. It sucks to wound one, but you know, we think that deer's alive. Like, dude, you got to keep hunting. And, um, he, he taught, he definitely, you know, persuaded me to to continue to hunt. And I'm glad he did because literally less than 24 hours later, I went in and, and arrowed that giant 12 pointer um he ended ended up scoring 161 and three quarters and um and the the place that i killed him was hilarious like if i showed you some mapping you would be like what the hell yeah there was
1: like by the video there wasn't much there it looked like some tall (laughs) stuff and a couple trees
2: (laughs) yeah it it was one of those things that was just like it, it was a miracle i don't really know how to explain it other than that because it was a tree row, just a, a two mile or three mile long tree row, tree belt, with nothing but big fields around it. One side, sunflower, one side, soybeans. And um, I had a five gallon bucket or two five gallon buckets of corn and a cell camera. Sounds like some <laughs> redneck stuff in there. But um, dude, that that deer cut my tracks coming in, which was the craziest thing. I think he was bedded within like probably 150 yards of where I killed him and uh he come right in and you seen the video but he he stood right there and i i didn't have a shot for 20 minutes yeah and uh i ended up pushing the camera arm like fu- you know you film too so you know like hey, pu- fully extend your camera arm one way mm-hmm. and it was just like hanging way out and then i had to like lean off the opposite way and there's like 18 mile an hour wind so you can even see in the video like my string is bouncing off my nose like i could not anchor properly and um uh, I I made a decent shot and I was fairly certain he went down, but we went in the next day and he was laying right there and that was, that's my biggest buck I ever killed, man. It was pretty nice. cool.
1: Yeah. And you know, full velvet and just absolutely beautiful. And to ha- kind of have the ups and downs of the day before, you know, it just, just goes to show you that if you put your head down and, and, and keep going and in and, and anything, including hunting, let alone life, um, shit works out somehow, you know, and yeah um it showed it big time in, in that hunt and i was when when i seen the pictures i was like hell yeah an <laughs> absolute slammer already down and then you know cam arrows a giant i'm like dude there's some magnums going down in velvet this year so um, yeah it was i i really really like turkeys are okay to see my buddies kill but when they kill a big deer like i really really jacked for them because i know how big of a a moment it is for me. And, uh, I don't know if everybody takes it, you know, as, as big of a a moment as for them as it is for me, but I'm like, that guy is on cloud nine right now. And, um, (laughs) I'm just ecstatic that he's there and I can't wait till I'm there. You know, like that's, that's, that's the way I look at it. I'm like, I'm, I'm ready to get out there. So that definitely gave me some, some motivation. And then You know, after that hunt, I followed the uh, the saga of the Missouri twelve pointer um, all year, Um, and that's kind of what I wanted to chat with you about um, after that after the Velvet Hunt. So, you know, you went out there, you slammed an absolute giant, and here you are, Missouri. I hunted, I hunt Missouri a lot, and have hunted, grew up in Missouri, um, so I I like the content down there, and you're on a slammer in Missouri as well. So let's dive into the hunt for, for that Missouri 12 pointer.
2: Yeah, man, for sure. That I have, uh, let's, let's just say roughly about a hundred acre lease out there in Missouri. And last year was my fourth year on this lease. And I've had pretty good success out there. The the previous year, I actually filled both my, my buck tags. uh, And that was the first time I was ever able to do that. I shot two bucks. Uh, one was four and a half, one was five and a half. And they both actually taped right at one thirty one. the previous year. Um, so this year coming into this season, hunting this big 12, not that I like 130 inch buck isn't good enough for me, but having four years in Missouri, I'm starting to see like, what's there. Like there's, there's really high caliber deer and not only on my lease, but in this area. And, um, I, I kind of challenged myself to be like, you know what this year, it sounds nuts. I get to hunt all these other States too. So it's not, it's not similar situation as a lot of people, but I'm like, I'm gonna hold out for a five and a half year old buck, and I'm cool with eating a tag. And this is something that I've never done before, and it's probably gonna I'm probably gonna end up shooting a hundred, you know, 140 inch three year old or some shit just for saying it. But uh, I'm really gonna try to hold out for a big, big mature buck. And um, got pictures of this big 12 pointer in velvet, and I'm like, man, that's an awesome buck. Figured out which deer he was. We knew he was gonna be, um, for sure four and a half, could be five and a half, judging by, you know, you never know for sure. That, that four to yeah. five, you're like. Just can't tell you know um but we knew he was a slammer we knew he was going to be you know in the 60s or even higher than the 60s and uh, just a perfect six by six um just beautiful deer like both sides 100 percent symmetrical he's kind of tight you know maybe i don't know how wide he'd be but just kind of tight really really just a beautiful buck and um when he started showing up you know late september early october i'm like you know what i'm just gonna do everything i can to just kill this deer And if I get kicked on my ass, it is what it is. Um, So I I had one cell camera on my Missouri lease, and it was in this stupid spot. I don't even know why I had it on this east side of my farm. And it was about October 12th. I started getting pictures of him. I was like, oh, man, he's showing up on this this east side. That's weird. I never expected him over there. And then he daylights. And I'm like, oh, man, it's like October 13th, 14th, whatever it was, on on a warm day. He's hanging out over there. And um, I think it was by about the third or fourth day. It wasn't daylight, but after getting a few pictures of them, I was like, I wasn't gonna go to Missouri until say the 18th or the 20th of October. And after getting all these like rapid fire pictures, and I was like, dude, I'm going. Screw it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go out there and yeah. try to kill this deer because this ain't gonna happen for a long time. Um, so I packed everything up and it's 10 hours from my house, packed everything in my truck. I travel 90, 90% of the time I'm tra- traveling solo. So I'm just, you know, loading everything up, going out there, self-filming everything. And, uh, I don't remember the date exactly, but I went out there, went basically straight to my farm, went out, hung us, got out of the truck after being in the truck for 10 hours, hung a stand, very first sit, went in, had an encounter with him. And, uh, if you were following along on social media, I was shitting my pants when I seen him. I
1: was like, I just saw, I said a 180 because I was tripping. <laughs> <laughs> man, he's like, this buck is like the, like, if you're like, man, there's a giant that just come over the ridge right there. And you imagine a deer in your mind. This is the what you're imagining, like coming over that ridge. You know, just that, just the beautiful, typical 12, good mass buck, you know, just perfect
2: yeah dude he's a beautiful deer and it was um you know prior to killing the 160 just you know a few weeks before that that's the biggest deer I've ever chased so you know coming right from North Dakota to Missouri and I'm chasing another you know really giant deer it's just like holy cow someone pinched me this is nuts um but I was like man I'm just gonna try to do everything I can to hunt this deer so my biggest thing I was concerned about was just not screwing up I'm like, I had an encounter with him. I was set up perfect. You know, you know, his wind's blowing at me. I seen where he came from, where he's moving to. And I'm like, all right, so I'm, I'm taking notes. Like I'm starting to get really I'm geeking out. on. like, all right, I think he's bedding here. I think he's traveling here. And I just got to be really careful. I want to tiptoe around. Like, I think maybe even the next day it was like the wrong wind, a little bit warm. I, I just didn't even hunt. Um, and then, you know, the following day, I went back to the initial wind and I scooted a little bit closer. And uh he went by at like sixty five yards, maybe even seventy yards, and I was like, Oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm hunting this deer and he doesn't know he's being hunted. And um it, it just kept building from there. Like I just had, I think I had five or six encounters with that deer within a hundred yards. And I have this all on video and yeah, it's, you were it's a hundred... all
1: over him, man. It's crazy
2: it was dude it was it was unlike anything i've ever done i don't i don't see myself as an expert bow hunter or an expert expert hunter by no means obviously i hunt a lot but i, I don't portray to be some expert big buck killer because I'm, I'm not you know and um just to have these encounters over and over and just like keep cl- getting closer and not screwing up it was like man this is freaking sweet um but yeah it was dude I, I chased that deer all around that farm like literally just playing chess with him like like guys say and i was just moving on the other side of the creek for this wind and on this side for that wind and ultimately i ended up hanging in this tree that's the size of like an apple like this tiny tiny tree got po- covered in poison oak and <laughs> in po- in poison ivy because it was the only tree i could get in to get close enough and i actually almost killed him that night um but dude it was just it was awesome
1: yeah and you were uh, you were all over that deer i was following along and i was like Oh, he's going to kill this thing because you were, um, you know, kind of keeping us up to date on your hunt while you were down there. And you're like encountered him again, encountered him I'm like, oh, dude, it is just a matter of time before, you know, he makes a mistake. Because um, that when when you have a deer that's doing that, we've only I've only had one deer that just was kind of doing remotely the same thing repeated like that. When you're out there, you're like, no way he's going to do it again. And then you see him again. You're like, holy shit, how is this working? Yeah, (laughs) This shouldn't be working as good, but I'm doing something right. So I'm going to tweak a little bit. And then you're like, holy shit, I'd seen him again. It's like, this is what people feel like when they have like super (laughs) unpressured farms. They're like just encountering these deer over and over and over. Um, It's it's an awesome feeling. But I was like dead certain that it was going to work out. But man, that's hunting for you, man. It's just sometimes sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't
2: yeah it, it was it was a roller coaster chasing him and honestly one of the last couple encounters actually the last two encounters and i could have shot him off camera like he would come oh, in at last, last camera light and um you know he's at 40 yards i'm filming him and you know i'm pretty much out of camera light i'm filming him enough or i turn the camera off and dude I watch him walk through 15 yards and it's like I can see my pins I can see everything I, I could shoot him it'd be horrible footage and but you know rewinding back to that first buck in North Dakota making that horrible shot that stuff sticks with you and you know you've been on a lot of sad track jobs just like I have you know m- maybe not even you but buddies you know that shoot a buck they hit him late you know later in the evening or Whatever the case is, even if it's broad daylight and you go on those, those sad track jobs where you're just like, you're not getting your buck and you have, you don't forget the ones you mess up on. Like no matter what, I don't care how, if it was 15 years ago, if you wounded one or missed one or shot over the back of a giant, you never forget it. And, um, I just, I didn't want that with that deer. I had so many cool encounters with him. I was like, if if I bend my limbs back and shoot an arrow at this deer, I want to kill him. And, and I really do want to kill him on camera because I have so many cool encounters and I have such a cool story going. So, um, the, the last time everyone's like, why didn't you shoot him? If you see the footage, he's standing at 30 yards and my camera makes it look like it's daylight, but really I can't see my pins and everyone's like, why didn't you shoot him? I'm just like, cause I've already had five, six encounters. I'll just, I'll wait. I'll have another, I'm enjoying playing chess. <laughs> and yeah. I, didn't, I didn't want it to end, you know?
1: Yeah, I could feel that. I could feel it when you know you're you were having the time of your life out there hunting this thing and and you should because it when you encounter a deer and then you can hunt him and you can encounter him again it makes you feel like really good you're like okay i didn't mess him up like i got out clean i got in clean and you're like okay this is working and then you tweak it a little bit and you're like man it's still working like i might get really get a shot at this deer like um it starts compiling together and and to kind of close the chapter on it. it. Like you said, it is sad because there's not a lot of chances to hunt like that. Like guys like us, I don't feel like we get a lot of chances to no to encounter a deer. Like I hear, I hear stories on this podcast all the time is, you know, my sixth encounter, you know, I got real close. And then the seventh I tweaked. And then the eighth I've killed him. I'm like, I never killed. Like I've encountered a no. deer eight times. Like they're just mind blowing to me. You know? <laughs> and, and, uh, it's just, to have that happen, you know, and and document the whole thing is really, really awesome. So, you know, you you didn't end up killing him. You you did end up finding his shed, though, right? Was that his uh, shed that you found? So, the
2: neighbor to the south of me picked up both sides. Okay. And, and he taped right at that, like, I don't even know, 163 or 165. Nice. some so, Something in there. So, just a really good buck.
1: And, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's still alive, too. So, hopefully, you still have the lease, and you can kind of continue the saga, and and get that jump on him early and kind of understand what he's going to be doing.
2: Yeah. That, that's kind of my, my goal for this year is I'm going to put a lot of chips in that basket is, is trying to kill that deer. Now that I have, you know, a couple years of history and all those encounters and um, you know, know what I know last year, I, I kind of got an idea of what, he, I mean, who knows, he, he could do something totally different, but right now in the back of my head, like, I feel like I know this deer pretty good. And I'm just going to use, you know, what I learned last year. And I'm, I'm going to get in there and try to kill him this year.
1: Yeah, that's what, ta- that's what it takes me. I've joked on here multiple times that it takes me three years to kill a, a big buck, like one that I've been targeting. Cause it, he needs to show me his cards for a couple years in a row. And then I can make a plan on him. But, you know, if you get, you know, he was in there in October, if you can get in there in October and make a move on him early like that, I mean, that's going to be some epic stuff, dude. It, especially if he shows up in velvet the same thing and then you're getting closer to season you're going to be incredibly jacked to get down there and hunt that thing because <laughs> you'll oh, be yeah. like dude i know exactly where to go like as long as you have the win you can make the move that's that's the ticket
2: yeah. yeah and and what's cool is that deer for some reason he's living on such a small core area like dude i could you know during season i could have walked you right to that deer's bed and kicked him right out of it i was so confident where he was um betting and where he was gonna travel that I was like record I thought I was like some scientist dude. I was recording on my phone. I'm like, I'm gonna see this buck at, you know, 6 15 p.m. He's gonna come out of here. You know, I'm like saying he comes out at, you know, 6 17 p.m. I'm off by like, two minutes. I'm like, oh my God, freaking yeah. losing my mind.
1: You're like, man, I'm I'm on this deer. <laughs> like it, it just yeah. feels good <laughs> to have those moments of success. Even not killing the deer, just the to have those moments of, you know, This is, this is what's going to happen. And then even if you're like remotely close, you're like, oh yeah, okay. That makes sense. And it's so, it's rewarding because you could put those in the bank and then another deer starts acting kind of the same way on that farm in three years. You'd be like, all right, the big 12 did this. Now I kind of have an idea what this buck might do, you know? So it's really cool when you can hunt a farm that long and get the kind of the knack for it um, and then, and then be able to kill repeated on there. I've joked multiple times that All right, well like I was saying if I was super wealthy and you know had could it buy property, I would buy like chunks of 80, chunks of 100 and then not hunt it for 5 years. And oh, then dude, go in awful. there and then you would it would suck like you would ha- you would have nothing the first 5 years. But then say you had, you know, five or six 80s, you could hunt one every year after five years and then you could refresh and be on the the next property that hasn't been hunted for five years. And you would always have fresh five-year-old bucks that were never messed with on that property. Oh my god! It would be like the the, the best tactic for someone that could afford that, um, to, you know, okay. The next five years I'm going to hunt public. I'm going to hunt permission and save my five, six farms. And then I'm going to pick the best one. I'm going to hunt that. Then I'm going to pick the second best one. I'm going to hunt that. But I'm not going to hunt the one I hunted the year before, whether I kill or not. And then every year you're on a fresh farm and you got fork and horns that are now giants that have never been pressured on that farm. It would be lights out. And you could have that kind of, you know, that kind of, uh, where you encounter a deer 10 times, you know, and still go in there and put the work in, run the cams, understand what deer are there, but just never hunt them. It would be, it would be so awesome. And, uh, that would be. I'm I'm like, these guys that are like on team 200 and shit and juries, that's what they're doing. They're just buying farms and letting them soak for five, six years and then going in there. And, uh, and people are just blown away by like, why are these deer out in the middle of these food plots, you know, in daylight but no no pressure yeah no one's been in there hunting them for four years you know so he's and i had a farm that was like that like no one had been hunting it for seven years and then i went in there and that's where i killed you know my biggest bow buck and freeze and it was just like you go in there you see three four shooters in the rut chasing does and the it's just mind blowing that there's that many deer in such a small area but they've never been messed with so
2: that's awesome i I feel like my missouri lease the the first year i got it which was back in like 2019 i feel like that farm wasn't hunted when i got it because my first year down there late october early november since then i have not seen deer like i've seen that first year and dude it was it was unreal my first couple sits dude i i've never seen so many bucks in my whole life like it was just unreal like that that first year if i showed you some footage i'm like it, it, some of my best footage still to this day is from 2019. My first two, three sits in Missouri is nuts.
1: Yeah. It's that's, that's the way it is on a lot of farms, man. And I, it always seems like the first one of the year is the best. Like if you're on like a cut cornfield and you go out there, you're going to see like 30 plus deer on some of the, like the new place, the new farm that I picked up last year. And then every hunt after that, I just seen less and less and less, you know, it's just, you can't hunt those field edges and stuff like that without bumping deer. It's just too hard to get in and out. And, uh, yeah. you know, you educate a couple does, no big deal. And then the next hunt, you educate, you know, a four good horn, no big deal, but then you see less does and less deer at, over time. Yep. And then you get the shotgun season. There's nothing on that field. Cause not only you educated, but the other people that hunt, there are educated, the neighbors educated, um, so, if there is some guy out there that's using this tactic, let me know because I think it'd be awesome. Yeah. You know, be like, "All right, I am gonna yeah. buy a farm in Iowa. Not gonna hunt it for the next five years. He, like, even it'd be even better if you didn't even walk on it. Like, I am not even like, don't
2: even step on. Yeah, I not even gonna enough.
1: step on it. You know, for five years, and it, you know, as long as it didn't get poached, you'd be in good shape. My luck, I'd have everybody and their brother out oh. there <laughs> like no one's been here for five years dude this thing is off the hook <laughs> go in go in and get skunked yeah Where are all the deer at go in there and there's nothing but forking horns you'd be like okay what's going on here you know but oh, man. there's a couple fun. pieces around here i'm like if i bought that 40 right there if that is good but it like i hunt it right now if i didn't hunt it for five years how good would it be like the deer would be, there would be a brand new buck that was born that had never encountered a human on that property. Just mind blowing that there's still pieces out there like that, but it's one of those guys that doesn't allow hunting. You can't get on there. He doesn't allow anybody to be on there. And then someone finally, you know, decides somehow he's dating his daughter or something. He gets on there and kills a giant, you know, because the deer. Yeah, are just, yeah, that's
2: exactly how it goes yeah, too.
1: The deer are just like not used to hunting pressure and uh really hard to find those areas but it sounds like this Missouri farm like you said that was something that you got on there and and was able to to see that you know environment and uh and it's something to be seen when you're like dude I can't I, the, every deer in the county block has got to be right here right now
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's and you can see the movement switch too like if i even go back to 2019 to 2020 to 21 and just dissect it it's like the deer movement i definitely had a negative side effect to that property the deer definitely were like first year like you said in the wide open field just you know doing super stupid stuff no pressure and then after you let me on there for a few years they're hiding in the timber (laughs) walking oh yeah yeah stay the hell away from you know yeah, so, I've
1: seen it, dude. You you can you can be your own worst enemy when it comes to trying to kill a buck, and you know just not even know you're you're making it harder on yourself than than what you are. So it's like those yeah. guys that are like, ah, man, he's three. I just want to get a look at him. You know, I'm like, I wouldn't even go there. Don't even go there, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're not gonna kill him, and there's nothing on that property that you want to kill, don't even go there because you know one less year of pressure is, is huge. But yeah. So after the Missouri Ten, you're still back on your Michigan farm hunting as well. Um, so how did how did that go this year? You put in a ton of work on the food plots and stuff, and, and had some pretty good hunts there.
2: I, I did, man. I don't know if you've ever heard me bitching and complaining about my Michigan farm or not, but uh, it's it's just a small little piece of there that I have near my house. It's it's literally a 20 acre farm. It's it's pretty suburban. There's a lot of houses and stuff. And um, it looks like a Drury farm or just like picture, like the prettiest farm you can think of, like standing soybeans, hard shell redneck, and then picture the 10 craziest hillbilly neighbors you can ever think of and, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and just do the math. So it's like, uh, I get some really sweet bucks, you know, that are nighttime bucks. Like I have, I picked up sheds off of a deer that I've had uh, three years history with this year. I'm a Michigan farm on 20 acres. And um, just I just picked up the one side, and the one side taped right at 70 inches.
1: Yeah, I seen that. That uh, thing was thick.
2: Yeah, just an awesome buck. And, dude, if I look back all my pictures of him, like in two years, all my cameras I run on that farm, it's like that deer screwed up like twice in his whole life. Mm-hmm. Like he, he he almost physically seems unkillable, but that that's how they all seem sometimes. But um, I don't put a ton of stock into the Michigan stuff just because the stuff i have to hunt here is like really small parcels like i own 10 acres at my house i own that 20 acre farm um and I, i've never really got real big into like leasing in michigan because michigan's good but it's a lot like pennsylvania it's it's pretty pressured you know a lot of guys just brown down stuff like that so yeah I um, might le-
1: as well lease somewhere with you know more potential because you guys go you guys went kansas public though didn't you right we did yeah
2: Yeah. so right right after chasing that uh 12 in missouri and not killing him i went from missouri to kansas um with my camper and and met nick in kansas and we were able to kill i mean literally uh, it was my first sit but nick's second sit we shot 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 a stud off a kansas public
1: man nick is just like insane dude that guy is is. Robin hood and bucks out there (laughs) Dude, he is man. slaying it's, it down so i need to have him it, on a podcast here in chat because he's he's out there ripping dude dude
2: you do i mean you know it's just kind of it's kind of like in motocross too like if you want to be a faster rider you hang out with guys that are faster than you and you ride with guys that are faster than you so it's it's really similar to hunting like if you want to be a better hunter hang out with guys that are are a better hunter than you
1: mm-hmm.
2: and, and that's the case with Nick. Like. If you look at Nick's wall, like the amount of deer he's killed in Michigan, like I would put Nick's wall against anyone I can think of right now in Michigan. He's killed that many good bucks in Michigan. And, um, you know, him and I hunt out of state together, and it makes perfect sense. He hunts harder than anyone I've ever met in my entire life. When we were in North Dakota, dude, we didn't hunt mornings, but we're up two hours before the sun comes up, and we're scouting literally all day long, no lunch, no nothing. We're ready to kill each other. go go hunting come back maybe get four hours of sleep he's the first one up first one in the truck first one scouting like i'm like dude are you even having fun (laughs) like you're you are hunting so freaking hard like but that's that's the determination and grit it takes to like he killed four bucks last year with his bow on film
1: i know that's insane i mean he's he's a freaking slayer and and not not like just bucks like really cool or really good good bucks. bucks you know like really good bucks or that one with that crazy rack that he killed is an awesome buck too, you know? So guys out there just laying it down, dude. And like you said, you get around people that are better than you and it rubs off on you as well. And you can kind of pick up some stuff and see how they react in situations. Um, Definitely helps out. I I do the same thing, but I talk to a lot of people that are hunting and kind of see, I'm like, well, this is a scenario. What would you do? You know, and, and kind of see how they would play it out. I don't tell him what I did first. <laughs> you know, I'm like, right, this is what happened. What What would you do in that situation? And then I kind of decide if what I did was the correct thing or not. Which in the whitetail woods, you you really never know until right. until you act. You know.
2: Yeah, hundred hundred percent, man. It's just um, you know, if, if you like, I said, if you want to be a better hunter, hang around guys that are guys that are going to teach you something, something you can you learn from. I guess in a way. And um, yeah, dude, he just. I, I love hunting with him. You know, it's cool when him and I roll into a spot, for example, out of state in Kansas or North Dakota or something, it's like, all right, you know, what what do you think about hunting this? Well, what about this wind? Oh, you're right. Okay, shit. Switch to this side. All right. What about this on this wind? Okay. Let's, you know, everything we do, we're just like bouncing ideas off each other. And, um, you know, two minds are better than one. Oh yeah. Yeah. So- so, so that's huge too. When you're out of state and you have another guy that has really similar, you know, mindset to you, and you kind of, you know,
1: that that stuff's huge. Mm-hmm. That definitely helps out. It's and it's makes everything more enjoyable, especially when you know you get to see someone else be successful. Um, it, it's yeah. always it's always the cherry on top. To your success is great, and seeing other people, you know, especially your good buddies that you're hunting with when they kill, it's kind of like you killed as well. You know, Yeah. you're like, I was right there in the tree filming, man. That could have been my deer, <laughs> you know, but I just wasn't behind the bow. So, um, it yeah. all, it all adds up. And then you're in the situation of another kill. You're in the situation of knowing kind of how a buck reacts. Uh, that's, I was talking to my wife a couple of weeks ago and I told her, I said, if I didn't, um, like really, really enjoy hunting, I would probably just, like, offer to film guys um, and say, hey, I'll, you know, I'm, for free, I just, I just will film you and do two or three-day weekends with them throughout the season. And kind of my whole rutcation, hunt three days with this guy, hunt three days with this guy, hunt three days with this guy. You would yep. learn so much in those three days with each individual person um, that it would almost be worth wasting a season, like, wasting a two-week vacation on. You know, and especially if you could go like, hey, I'm going to go film a guy in Iowa and, you know, he hunts in this style. And then I'm going to go film a guy in Missouri and he hunts in this style. Like he's a mobile hunter. This guy's out of box blinds on food plots. This guy is, you know, he's in North Dakota. You know, you would just learn so much. And then if you ever went to that state, you would kind of be like, okay, I got an idea of. Yeah. Because not a lot of guys are going to be like, yeah, come hunt with me, dude. I'll show you. But if you said, hey, I'll film you for free. Like, there'd be a lot of guys that are like, yeah, especially when, once they understand that you have the gear and you can put together, a, you know, something if they do kill, you know, you could you could really um, learn a lot off of, of other hunters out there.
2: Yeah, 100% agree with you, man. That's, that's, that's super cool. N- Nick, is, Nick is our golden boy for the rise. You know, he, he kills a lot of bucks on film. And, and I'm the first one to volunteer to be like, hey, I'm not hunting tonight. I'm coming to film just because like i know if nick's hunting he's probably already on really good deer and you know if the odds are really good like my odds might be decent but his are going to be great because i know he did his homework i know he put himself in the right spot and um you know our show that we produce is is semi live so every two weeks we we have to have like like stuff happening and uh that, that puts a lot of pressure on us to like because if we don't have encounters we don't kill deer like our show sucks. Like that's really what it comes down to. Like, um, I mean, it doesn't suck, but at the same, it's not as interesting. Yeah, like, you are you're not, you guys
1: are moving and grooving out there, man. You're making a, a ton of moves and, and trying to, to get it done, not only for yourself, but like you said, you're trying to produce a product for people to enjoy and you want it to be as best as it can be. And you're in, yeah. you're in the market of, you know, you know, getting kill shots on film, you know, that's, that's what you're, you're trying to get, you know, or at least getting good encounters on film. Right. and and it's really not it's not only hard to get those encounters but get it on film and get it on good film it's hard to do man it's 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 tough so yeah
2: that that's kind of you know the progression of the rise like 2014 we all hunted in michigan it's like yeah you'd see a couple bucks the entire year maybe one guy would kill him i'm like all right we need to add guys let's add 10 guys to the rise you know 2015 we got 10 guys okay now three deer died the whole year and one of them didn't get it on video and two of them were kind of crappy video so it's like it all evolves like all it's evolved from then all the way till now to where you get like a group of guys that are as consistent or as passionate as you are that will get it on video or they're going to do everything they can to get it on video Um, they understand we have a job to do, you know, obviously with partnerships and everything that we're doing, we're making promises, like we're selling our soul to these people. So, so we can travel and hunt. And th- this is what we signed up to do. Like it, you don't have to make a perfect shot. You don't have to kill bucks, but just give 110% effort of trying to get it on video
1: and trying, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, it's tough to do. And it's tough to find the guys that are going to do, going to do that. But you've guys got a good a good knit group of guys. And, um, like I said, you're putting in an incredible amount of work to, to create this product. And I think it's just a matter of time until people find it and re, you know, and relate to it and, and follow. And you guys, you grow until, um, and to what, you know, you're, you're meant to be, but it's, uh, this industry is so weird. And it's such a, um, a time people don't understand. They think, oh, we're going to start, we're going to get all this sponsors. We're going to get all this stuff. We'll get kills on film and it's going to be great. And, uh, you can have the best footage, best kills, and it doesn't mean anything. Um, it's just the yep. the time in front of people is the number one. People ask me, I get a couple times a month. People message me about, well, you know, they want podcast information, and a lot of them want like download numbers, how do I find, you know, success? I'm like, guys, I have not done anything special other than release episodes every single week that's it consistency that's it and you can win in two ways you can have something pop that does really well or you can be there consistently and then a guy sees you post for the 38th time and he's like i'm gonna check their shit out (laughs) like yeah and that's the way i win like i just i have ideas and sometimes they're good sometimes they're they're not but um i just keep keep pumping it out and keep trying new shit and um, the one thing I will be there is, you know, I will, I'll be there. That's it. You know, I'm there for it. That's, that's all there is to it. Um 100%, 100% but, dude. I love that. Yeah. Like I said, from the very beginning, man, I, I, uh, I really dig your stuff and I can see you guys, you know, consistently doing it for a long time. You'd be really far, but I don't want to keep you all night, dude. I really appreciate <laughs> the conversation that we had um here and uh uh make sure everybody reach out follow the rise follow Tyler you won't be disappointed in the content um, and I'm excited to, to follow the saga of the big 12 are you guys going back to North Dakota yep yep going oh, back yeah. to North Dakota gonna this be, year I'm <laughs> going to be jealous again right off the rip <laughs> jealous and proud at the same time be like damn it oh. I I want a velvet buck but I hope you guys smash another giant out there both of you guys kill so I'll be following along you bopping around um, and uh, living the whitetail dream out there man appreciate you coming on Hey, thanks so much for having me, man. And, uh, you know, congratulations to you too. I know how much work you put into this
2: podcast. Like we were talking dude. like you're, you're one of the most consistent podcasters I've ever met. Like you've told me your goals, dude, like you're on track. Fucking keep grinding, dude.
1: As well. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode with Tyler. Um, I really have enjoyed seeing his content, uh, you know, his evolution over the years. He just keeps getting better and better. Uh, the field quality is getting better and better, and uh, I've got to meet Tyler uh, on multiple occasions You know, throughout the years. Really solid dude and, and uh, chasing a dream, um, and uh, I can see him. He has the discipline and the dedication and the skill to get there, so if you guys are looking for some more Whitetail content, make sure and check out The Rise. Um, but as for you guys, like always, I love you. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. Um, you're making my dreams come true by listening to this, this show, um, and I, I cannot thank you enough. Um, like always, try to do the right thing. Try to leave a legacy until white. T- until we're coming in your ear holes next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. Love you. We out.